So maybe my next question would, would be, mm. how then do you build a following? Well, it starts, number one, by knowing who you want to attract. So the attraction game on social media starts by getting very clear, crystal clear of who you're trying to attract. The clearer you know who you're trying to attract, the easier you can find them on social media. You must understand that social media is called social media, not business media. So you have to use social metrics to measure your dream customer. So the minute you know very clearly your avatar, the customer that you're trying to attract, then you need to, step two, you need to understand the algorithm of that platform. Because social media platform has different rules. It's like you, you play soccer, but you don't know the soccer rules, you'll never be able to score the goal. So that's point two, which is understanding the social media platform so that you know how to get them to follow you. And then the third piece to the puzzle is trust building. Because ultimately, as I said, people buy people first. So I need to get a person to like me personally and to respect me professionally, right? And we do that through many ways. We do that through chit-chatting, which is private messaging. We do that through your content and we do that through your charisma, your own personality. You've probably heard that your story is your brand. So how can ordinary entrepreneurs and salespeople like you and me tell our stories in a way that cuts through all the noises in this overcrowded social media world and reach the audience that we want? Join me as I break down storytelling secrets that have helped me achieve over eight figures in revenue as well as interviewing some of Asia's most prominent names and rising stars to uncover their stories. I hope this show will inspire you to be more vulnerable and share your story to the world because your mess is your message. My name is Gabriel Wong and welcome to the Story Impact Show. Okay, everyone. So welcome to another episode of the Story Impact Show. Today, I have with me a very special friend of mine. Uh, His name is Eric. And I just want to go into a quick introduction about who is he. So growing up, Eric was shy, scrawny, and self-conscious. His friends were calling him Mr. Invisible. And his, this nickname nearly cost him his career because no one noticed him. Except for one person, and his name is Ron Kaufman, a renowned speaker, world-renowned speaker that gave him a life-changing advice. Nobody will value you unless you have a somebody in this, unless you are somebody in this world. And thanks to social media, Eric became a somebody in the business world and the world started taking notice of him. Today, Eric travels around the world. His uh, record was 35 countries in a single year. That's amazing. To teach salespeople, entrepreneurs, how to use social media to build a loyal following that will only buy from them and no one else. He has also been uh, recently featured on Medium, London Daily, even Yahoo Finance on the topic of social media branding. So without further ado, please help me to welcome Eric Feng. Hi, Hi Eric. Thanks for having me on your show. Congrats thank you so much. Show, thank you so much for being, for, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so I just want to start off with like, um, right now we're actually in this, um, uh, if you're watching this, this is recorded during this COVID-19 season, <laughs> right? In Singapore, we're having this um, circuit breaker, which is, which is pretty much a lockdown, okay? <laughs> no one can leave their house. <laughs> yes, it is right? a lockdown. It is a lockdown, right? Just, they just don't want to call it lockdown, but... Uh, technically speaking, no one can leave their house except, except for, you know, buying groceries and stuff like that. And, you know, how has um, COVID-19 affected your life and your business? Well, because of COVID-19, right, I lost all my friends, but I've gained many, <laughs> many followers. <laughs> yeah. Right, you, you realize it, right? We, we cannot go out anymore, which means that your, your social life is essentially destroyed. Um, yeah. But most of life is happening right now online. So as long as you have a presence online, you, you can actually grow your following quite fast. So mm. that's basically what's happening for me right now. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that your, your following has grown. 
That's during right. this period. That's okay. right. Uh, maybe a bit of context because you see sure. for in 17, 2017, I actually wrote a book called Future of Selling where I was actually telling people that we need to start bringing our business online, that the world is changing, our buying behaviors are changing. Uh, we cannot keep relying on the traditional prospecting methods like, you know, cold yeah. call, roadshow, networking. But you see, Gabriel, the problem is people are still doing well back then. So when you're doing yes. well, you're not going to learn to innovate, right? You're just going to ride the wave. That's why I tell yeah. people all the time, it's not COVID-19 that kills your business. It's complacency that kills your business. That's good. And uh, so That's I guess good. this unfortunate case is COVID-19 uh, you know, has, has brought the entire world down to their knees, but has also leveled up a lot of businesses who, are, who have a very strong presence online. So people are now coming to social media and they are starting to realize that I need to have a presence on social media. I need to figure out how to bring my business online. Uh, yeah. And we're not just talking about like, uh, you know, internet marketers or, or, or maybe people who are already in e-commerce. We're not talking about that. We're talking about traditional businesses. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, maybe insurance agents, real estate agents, network marketers, chiropractors, fitness instructors. How do they bring the entire sales process which was predominantly an offline process to an online process. So that's, yeah. why, that's why this COVID-19 busier uh, um, because people are starting to be very aware about the importance. Yeah. I think, I think what, what's amazing is that everybody saw that coming, right? Like if that social media online world is, is the future. In fact, it's, not, it's no longer the future. It is already here, <laughs> right? It is something that it, it, is, it is the present. And, and the fact that when, when things were going well, nobody wants to ad adopt or adapt new strategy, right? Exactly. Or they don't want to go online. But the truth is that if you are not online today, you don't have a following today, right? You're out of business because you're yeah. at home, right? You cannot do yeah. anything. The best analogy and I can give you guys, right? is like at a poker table. Like a poker mm -hmm. table gives you an opportunity to win lots of money, right? Yes. But if you have no chips, you can't play. So today as a business, if you are not even online, you are not playing at all. You are just yeah. a spectator and, yeah. and that's not going to be good for business. Oh, I love it. So you're not playing at all if you're not online. You're not That's playing good. at all. <laughs> yeah. So I think before I go into the whole followers, uh, because you have more like, mm. you have nearly like 200,000 followers if I'm, not, if I'm not wrong on Facebook. But before I want to go into that, because I know that you are quite an extrovert. So, yes. <laughs> you know, on the <laughs> bright side, right? here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so on the bright side, in terms of, uh, you know, our online oh. following, everything's growing, everything's booming. Uh, but how are you doing, right? Like at home, uh, how are you dealing with the fact that you're not being able to meet people? How, how yeah. is it different right now? Very, very different. Um, in, the, in the first few days, I, I, I remember going into anxiety attack because, uh, I mean, Gabriel, you know me, right? I go out yeah. literally practically every evening, you know, to me, work ends at 8 p.m. And then I'll be out with my friends, you know, gallivanting, going for drinks, movies. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you lose a part of yourself, that social part of yourself, which you have identified uh, that people yeah. remember you for. So, so it, was, it was a bit uh, uh, scary for me at, uh, at the first few days. But I think the good thing is because I've always been on teaching about social media branding and therefore work actually got busier. Um, mm. You know, I, I was, as of now, I'm literally running webinars every day. The last one that we did, we have 4,000 people from Philippines attending it. Wow. So, um, and the best part of webinars is you cannot do more than one hour, right? Because people's mm -hmm. attention is very short, which mm -hmm. means uh, every day I'm doing like three to four webinars. So, mm my biggest downside of this whole COVID-19 is I've lost the, the distance. As much as we social distance, there is no more distancing between work and play. There's no play at all now. It's really mm. just work, work, work. And, and I'm learning how to be a little bit more disciplined with saying no to work at a certain mm. time. 
because it's so easy at work, it's just five minutes from your bedroom. Yes. Right? You can get on a call very easily with friends overseas to talk about work. So, um, so as much as good, uh, there are, there's downside as well, which is learning how to adapt to this new working routine. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Like, um, I think for me, for me especially, I'm working like a lot more than yeah. usual. And sometimes like, I don't even know when to stop. Exactly. Especially, you know, I have, I have friends in the US, so sometimes like we would mastermind So you're working online. 24-7, you know? It's, yeah, you, you don't know where to stop. So that, I think there is, a, there is a fine line of like telling yourself when, when, is, when is the start of the work and when is the end of the work. Yes, right? I agree with you. Um, what's interesting is that earlier you mentioned you have 4,000, you just did a webinar for 4,000 people. I think what's right. amazing, I, I just wanted to touch on that as well because sure. I think people are, are missing, out, missing out on this greatest opportunity ever because everything's online. Right. I mean, mm. just think about it. In the past, if you want to hold a 4,000 people wow. event, right. how much do you have to pay for logistics? How much planning do <laughs> yes. you have to, right? How much manpower do you have to pay? And, and in, in short, how much cost would, 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 would go into planning a 4,000 PAX event? But today you can and, just do it on Zoom. Yeah. Right? And you guys yeah. got to understand, oh, Philippines is a very unique country. Philippines is not a country. Philippines is an archipelago of islands. Mm-hmm. Right? And the biggest island is not even Manila. So, there is no way in the history of Philippines where you get 4,000 people who will just come to one location. It's just not possible. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think the beauty of social media is that it has broken all geography limitations. Yet at the same time, it has, uh, and therefore it creates a lot more opportunity. But I hope that people watching this or listening to this don't, don't just you know, be disillusioned or be ignorant and think that, oh, okay, so therefore, since opportunities are abundant on social media, I need to be on social media. But you got to do the right thing. It's like investment, the same thing. Like, you know, a lot of people say that, oh, right now, COVID-19 is the best time to invest, but you have no idea how to invest. You better not play the game because you're going to get burnt. It's the same thing with social media. If you have no idea how to play the social media game, you will still not get the results. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, need, to, you need people to help you navigate through this whole entire new opportunity. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And, and that's the reason why um, I always believe in coach. I always believe in mm. paying for a mentor. I always believe in learning from somebody who has already done it rather than agree. trying to figure it out yourself, right? That's always you the easier time. way and the hard way. Yeah, you save a lot of time. And time is more important than money. You, you cannot make more time. You can make more money. Well said. Wow, that was good. Cool right. So, yeah, I mean, even some, some people will say like, um, like, Gabriel, you always talk about like, find coach, find, find mentor. What if I pay the wrong mentor? What if I, hmm. you know, because there are a lot of scammers out there, right? So Correct. what if I pay the wrong people? I say, I say even, if you, if, even if you lose money, paying the wrong people, you're still going to gain something out of it. That's the I, truth. And you can always make money yeah. back, right? Um, one thing that my mentor once shared with me was, you know, e- you, even a spoiled clock is right twice a day. Even a spoiled clock is right <laughs> twice a day. So you can learn from everyone. You can, oh. If you can't learn the good stuff, then learn what not to do, right? I think yeah. it's all about having the right mindset, which is when you attend a program, a lot of people go like, oh, this program doesn't work for me. That's a horrible negative mindset, toxic mindset. Instead, mm-hmm. a better mindset is to go into any program that you invest and ask yourself, how can I make this work for me? And, and that's why there will always be people who will do well when they sign up for an online program. And there will always be people who will not get anything out of signing an online program. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot about that learner, the person. I- Hundred percent. I think there's a lot about the mindset as well. So speaking of which, right? You, uh, I mentioned earlier that yeah, you have uh, two hundred thousand, nearly two hundred thousand followers on on Facebook, and uh, you know you speak on massive global stages. Uh, I mean, not not that you cannot, not that you can do it now, right? Because of the COVID situation, yeah. but you you are you are you are pretty extremely popular, right? In your field. So have, I think the question is: Have you always known that you wanted to do that? 
Of course not. I mean, it will have been a... If the answer is yes, then it will have been a very easy question to answer. Yeah. Yes. Since young, yeah. I've always been, <laughs> you know, uh, thinking about being a speaker. I think, I think it evolves. I feel that... Um, at, I don't know how, what's the age group of the people that you're listening to, but I always feel mm-hmm. that our, our career should be, uh, should be much a few things. Number one is it has to be something that you're good at doing. You know, so, so yeah, sure, you like singing, but seriously, when you sing, you know, it's not singing, it's screeching. And, and someone got to, you just got to face the fact that you can't sing. You can enjoy singing, but you're not going to be able to monetize that passion of yours. So mm-hmm. what's very important for anybody watching this is to ask yourself, where are, where are your talents? What are you naturally good at doing? And when I say naturally good at doing, it means that some people take hours to be able to do something, but for you, you can do it in the shortest amount of time. You need to pay attention to all those talents of yours. And then go look at the world and ask yourself, what problem are you passionate about solving? Because at the end of the day, right, the money that you make is simply the market's feedback of your value. So if you want to make more money, then you've got to give more value. And value comes in a form of solving a certain problem. The reason why Jack Ma is a multi-billionaire because he solved multi-billion dollar worth of problem, which is mm. how to help the entire China business people do business with the world. Mark Zuckerberg, same thing. How to connect the world, right? Mm. So anybody listening to this right now, you need to ask yourself, okay, what problem am I passionate to solve? Please don't ask the wrong question. Don't ask what problem is, is right now a hot problem to solve. There, there are a lot of hot problems to solve, but mm. you may not be passionate about solving it. And if mm. you're not passionate about solving it, right, number one is you will not put your heart and soul to it. Number two, you'll be fickle-minded the minute another new trend comes along. So you're not loyal to that, to that mm. problem. So once you merge that two things, what problem I'm going to solve and what am I talented with, you, you essentially find yourself not just a career, but a calling. And I mm. think that whatever that happened for me right now, it's not a career, it's a calling. It just happened that the way I'm delivering value is in the form of a speech. But I'm extremely mm. open that in future, the way I deliver value may be in a form of a webinar, maybe in form of books, maybe in form of a song or a movie. You know, these are all just communication vehicles. Mm. What you need to remember is when you introduce yourself or when you're finding your own career, ask yourself, what problem are you passionate to solve? And pick a big mm. one because then That's you cool. can solve it for a very long time. That's a good one. So maybe my, my follow-up question will be, how then do you know what is your gift or what's your talent? Uh, for example, for you, right? How do you find out about your gift in speaking? Especially when, when you first begin, right? Yeah. It's never easy. Right? I remember I heard about your story about how um, when you first started speaking, I remember that you told me this once, but I always remember it uh, where you were, you were saying that, that, that you, you were trying to get to a gig, right? And you offered yes. to, to speak for free. Yes, and because they no budget. Exactly right. They say no budget. Yeah. You offer to speak for free and then you found out that other speakers were paid and you were not paid. So like, yeah. how do you, can you tell us more about that and how do you deal with things like that? I'm pretty sure every one of you uh, listening to this, you probably have that experience where like, you know, you're in school and you realize that, oh my God, weekend there was a birthday party and you're not invited. <laughs> or like, you know, when you, <laughs> when you play sports, basketball, and then everybody has to pick their team and then you are the last to get picked. You know, and the mm. only reason why they don't pick you because you, you suck at it. And for many years, I, I, I felt that way. Um, and and that, that points to that story about how I realized that, oh my God, like why, why is it that I'm never given chance? Or why do I have to fight so hard for an opportunity where everybody seems to have it easy? Mm. And, and um, I think the, the reason why I did not give up, um, I mean, there was a backstory to it. The reason why I didn't give up, obviously, is because you know, I have a very big why. 
I, I, I did not want my dad to continue being a taxi driver. You know, I, I wanted my parents to have a good life. They were already very old, you know, back then, they, my mm. dad's already about 60 years old, mom's 50 years old. They're they are, they are not very healthy anymore. And um, so I guess that was a very big motivation. So in spite of the world rejecting me, the world saying no to me, I did not give up because I had a bigger yes. So I know mm. that I want to say a yes to my parents having a mm. good life. So I'm okay taking all the no's and all the, all the shit from the world. Mm. So I guess um, that was the reason why I persevered. About mm. how I found my love for public speaking, definitely not. I did not have a passion for public speaking. Um, it just, if I think about it, my, when I was very young, <laughs> the, my first ambition was to be a taxi driver, you know, because my great-grandfather was a <laughs> popular, you know, my grandfather was a trishaw rider, and then my father was a taxi driver. So obviously, you know, I, f- I always think that maybe my career is in, in transportation, right? And I remember <laughs> one time my dad was, was, was very upset. He was like, hey, you got to think, how come your ambition is to be a taxi driver? You know, you got to dream big. And then one day, I was, th- I think about four years old, I came to my dad and I said to him, Dad, I think I know what I want to be already. He said, what? I'll be a bus driver. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> think so you must imagine that think big. me. Big enough, right? I mean, I want to ride a plane, but I got fear of heights. So I was not very ambitious. I was easily influenced by everybody out there. But I remember that when I was uh, six years old, I had a very profound experience. Um, you know, being small size and all that, uh, you get bullied a lot. And, uh, it's very normal. And you get bullied. Um, and I remember I was, I was quite down. And I also, I'm, because I'm, the, I'm, I'm 82, but I studied at 8-1. So therefore, I'm a lot younger and a lot more malnourished. So I get bullied a lot. And one day, my teacher, Miss Young, which I'm still in touch with her, you know, she's my primary one mm. teacher. She came to me and she said, that, Eric, uh, Miss Young know what's happening. And uh, don't worry about what your friends say about you. Okay? If anything, Miss Young thinks that you have a very bright future. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to see how you can grow um, and wow. be successful in whatever that you do. Somehow that words, right? It's like an angel speaking to you. you know? It's like, wow. wow, an adult that I respect telling me to ignore all these critics and that someone I respect tells me that I'm made to do big things. And that just had a huge impact on me. And, and true enough, I, became, I came first that year. I studied very hard, not for myself, for Miss Young. And, um, and I realized that, wow, I want to be a teacher. I want to be like mm-hmm. her. I want to be somebody that can say some words and suddenly everybody just wake up and get energized. So that seed was planted to mm-hmm. teach was planted for a very long time. And it got realized when I was in secondary school where I needed a job. And my tuition teacher actually said, Eric, why not you help me teach my science classes? I was pretty good at studying, thank God. Uh, but that also means that I'm not very good in my social life, you know, because when you're good at studying, <laughs> nobody likes to talk to you. I'm, you're I'm, the other, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you and I will never be friends uh, because you <laughs> want to copy my homework and I'll never let you copy my homework. <laughs> and therefore, you'll hate me. You know, uh, just a funny story. There was one time in chemistry class, Miss Daniel came into class and she said, okay, pop quiz. And then uh, someone raised their hand and said, Miss Daniel, can you please give us a time extension? Can we do it next week? We're very busy. We have no time. Then Miss Daniel said, okay, if everybody agrees to push back the pop quiz, then we'll push back the pop quiz. And then I raised my hand. I said, no, we should not push back the pop quiz. You said that oh. we were supposed to do the pop quiz today. It's their fault that they didn't study. We should do the pop quiz. <laughs> and so we did the pop quiz and I did very well. But my friends hated me. Um, and <laughs> probably all, you probably lost all your friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And the irony is that uh, just a month ago, I got invited back to that classroom, uh, that class group chat. Can you imagine? I just got invited. The minute that my name entered, Eric entered, right? 
nobody say anything. It's like it's like the asshole guy is here again. The smart Alex is here. So so you must understand that, that that's me in the past, okay? But every teacher loved me <laughs> for some reason. So so therefore, because of that, it kind of perpetuates the ambition of being a teacher. Um, so my tuition teacher saw saw that I could teach or I want teaching, so she gave me classes to teach. So I, I was very used to speaking in front of groups when I was very young. Like four, I'll teach four to five people. And then uh, during secondary school, we were morning session. So afternoon, the classroom is empty. And I will always sneak into the classroom to pretend to teach. Like, because I like playing with the chalk. And I like playing mm. with the transparency. I don't know if you guys know all these words. Mm. But uh, um, so I'll teach myself. And then one day, my teacher caught me and she's like, why are you talking to yourself and say, oh no, I'm teaching myself. Then she said, if you want to teach, why not you teach your friends? Your friends are not doing very well, very well in school. And then I suddenly had remedial classes to teach for my friends. So, so you imagine 14 years old, 15 years old, you already got experience teaching. That, that seed just got planted. And mm. I, I realized that I enjoy it and I was pretty good at it. So that was how I discovered. So to answer your question about how do you discover your talent? You can't discover your talent by sitting in your room wondering and meditating. You can't. You just got to mm. go out there and just do things. Try mm. different things. Experiment. And then look mm. at what are things that come easy to you. Note it down. This is probably your talent. And note out things, note things that you, know, you really love a lot. Might not be good at it, but you really love a lot. Mm. So the best analogy I can give is like a buffet. It's like, Gabriel, me and let's say you and I, we go to a buffet table, right? And then you go and ask me, hey, Eric, what food is nice? I want to know what, I haven't tried. So we all try a bit of everything. And then once we go one round trying a bit of everything, we know what we like. Then we take more of what we like until we don't mm. like it. So mm. I think that life is like a buffet table. We need That's to just go out there and Love experiment it. and stop telling yourself that you can't do this, you can't do that. You're limiting yourself. It's a limiting belief. Be open and just give it a, tr- just look at life like a, a like a buffet table, try everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then analyze and ask yourself, hey, when am I good at doing? Then that becomes your strengths. And anything mm-hmm. that you feel that you love, but you're not good at, you give yourself some time to still explore it. In time mm-hmm. to come, maybe with the good mentors, you might get better at it. And then you, it becomes your strength as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that because there's a lot of advice going around uh, by a lot of different gurus mm-hmm. that says, you know, like, um, like do what you're passionate about. Right. I, I always have an issue with that because then my next question is, what is my passion? Right? Because I do not know what is my gift, what is my strength. And, and I've always been struggling that since I was young. Uh, and I realized that like, you know, how do you find out what you like is you go out and try different things. Yes, right? So agree. I really love what you just said. Uh, I think that's going to help a lot of people who is listening to this right now who is still lost or confused with what they want to do. And Gabriel, I just want to iterate that that's only half of the search. Mm. Because... You finding out your passion and what you're good at is an internal journey. But mm-hmm. you also need to put your eyes out there and look at the external journey of what the world needs solving. Mm. Otherwise, you have no value in this world. Sure, mm. you might be a very talented uh, uh, um, you know, Lego builder, let's say. Okay. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a niche. But you may yeah. not be able to create world impact because you are not able to tie your Lego building skills to a problem that needs solving. So okay. I, I, I hope that whoever watching this or listening to this understand that there are two parts to the puzzle. Part one yeah. is an inward journey to figure out what your talents are, what you're good at, and, and go double down on those talents. And mm. number two is go out there and seek out what problems are you passionate, like are you drawn to solve? Mm. And then figure out whether you can solve that using your talent. When that two things match, you're going to be a force of good in this world. Mm. Love it. Um, you know, earlier when I was doing an introduction, all right, and... Um, Ron 
Kaufman, right? He, he yes. said, nobody will value you unless you are somebody in this world. What does that really mean? So I asked him the same question. I was like, huh? What is somebody? <laughs> he said that somebody is a person that is well-known, well-loved, and well-respected. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, KLR effect, known love, respected effect, people are open to their influence. And I realized that he's right because if you think about it, right? When uh, nobody, right? If you are nobody, nobody knows you. And your, even your words of wisdom, right? Sound like bullshit. But when you are a somebody, even your bullshit sounds like words of wisdom. It's just the, it's just the effect that you have on people because people are, it's just the way people value, the way people validate others or measure others, right? That people buy people first. Right? So if I like you and I respect you, I'm going to be so much more open to your influence, which is the reason why even if you're online right now, right? It doesn't mean anyth- anything. Because if you cannot amass a group of people who know you, like you, respect you, you still can't monetize that. Then you are still just a consumer on social media. You're not really a producer on social media. So that's why the following is important. So that's why I define a following as a group of people who are your potential customers, who know you, love you, respect you. And when you open your mouth and say, hey, I got an offer, they will jump onto the bandwagon and they will support you and they will tell the world about you. That's what we want. Mm. That's what, because they don't just give you money. They give you loyalty. Mm. And I feel that having a loyal following is one of the most important assets in the digital era. Mm. It, it sounds like um, something that I think I read from uh, Kevin Kelly. Are you familiar with this guy? No. Tell me more. There's this, uh, so, so there's this uh, article that he wrote that kind of like went viral. Uh, he's actually an author and he wrote oh, about this thing the called- the guy that talks how, about 1,000 followers, is it? Yes. 1,000 raving fans. Yeah. Right. It sounds a lot like that, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, it's a timeless principle, right? Because you're still dealing with human beings. As much as we are digitalizing, we are still dealing with people. So if you yeah. understand how people buy things, you'll know how to sell them things. And mm. the truth of the matter is life is still a popularity game. People mm. only buy you if they like you and they respect you. So if yeah. you know how to play the game, if you go on the social media, you know how to get your potential customers to like you and respect you, then you have a fighting chance to monetize the influence. Mm. Yeah. So for those of you who do, who do not know what's the article, you can actually go and uh, Google it. It's called A Thousand Raving Fan by Kevin Kelly. Uh, in short, it talks about how anybody can make a, a pretty good living as long as they have 1,000 raving fans. And 1,000 raving fans meaning that people who will buy anything that you sell. So, you know, when you have a concert, they are, they are the ones to go there and buy your, your T-shirt, your mug, and your, and, your, and your CDs or your books and everything. Uh, These this are, this are examples of raving fans. So as long as you have these raving fans, right? Uh, you will never run out of uh, customers. That is the, the whole gist of the whole article. So maybe my next question would, would be, mm. how then do you build a following? Well, it starts, number one, by knowing who you want to attract. Because mm. it's, it's an attraction game, you see. Uh, mm. Most of us are very used to the hunting game. We go out there, you know, we, we door knock, we do a cold call, or we go a roadshow, right? And we, we, we give them an offer. And then we hunt, one shot, one kill. Right. But right now, to hunt on social media is almost impossible because there are just too many people out there. How are you going to hunt? And people can reject you so easily. If I now message you, right, you, know, you can just ignore me or block me or worse still, you can even complain about me and shut down my account. Yeah. And then there's another sales method, which is farming. Farming is about building relationship with your existing customer. Now, that could still work on social media platform, 
right? Mm. So that one, I think a lot of people are already addressing that. Not much new things I can address. But there's a new game that you can play on social media, which is the attraction game, which mm. is how do I get my ideal customers to come looking for me? Because the entire game changed when people chase after you. Because when they chase after you, right, when they meet you for a sale, they're not meeting you to consider, you know, they're meeting you to confirm. So there's a lot of, there is a lot of, uh, there's a much higher closing ratio. So the attraction game on social media starts by getting very clear, crystal clear of who you're trying to attract. The clearer you know who you're trying to attract, the easier you can find them on social media. So questions like, uh, and, and the danger is that people start one thinking, oh, I'm trying to attract people who are 26 years old to 38 years old, uh, have income of X amount of dollars, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's all yeah. called demographics. Or, or, they will go very, that, or they will go very gem uh, generic, right? Like, I, yeah. I just want to attract people who have money. <laughs> Everybody got money, but it doesn't mean they will give the money to you. Exactly, so, yeah. You must understand that social media is called social media, not business media. So you have yeah. to use social metrics to measure your dream customer. So for example, questions like, you know, what are some of the interests of your dream customers? What are things that they enjoy doing? You know, who are the people that they use, they tend to follow? What kind of content resonates with them? These are all very important questions. And even a more basic question, which is, which social media platform are they on? So the minute you know very clearly your avatar, the customer that you're trying to attract, then you need to, step two, you need to understand the algorithm of that platform. Because social mm. media platform has different rules. It's like you, mm. you play soccer, but you don't know soccer rules. You'll never be able to score the goal. So if you're going to play on the TikTok platform, do you even know how TikTok works? Do you know what, tic, what kind of content TikTok rewards? Mm. And do you know what's, the, what's the, the psychology of a person who enters a TikTok platform? Mm. Because if you, if you use the wrong languaging on TikTok, then you're not going to attract your followers. So that's point mm. two, which is understanding the social media platform so that you know how to get them to follow you. Mm. And then the third piece to the puzzle is trust building. Because ultimately, as I said, people buy people first. So I need to get a person to like me personally and to respect me professionally. Right? Mm. And we do that through many ways. We do that through chit-chatting, which mm. is private messaging. We do that through your content. And we do that through your charisma, your own mm. personality. And this is a very important bit. In order to attract your dream customers, you need to step out and be your own kind of beautiful. Because if you're not willing to step out and be your own original you, your, mm. full, your fans can't find you. Mm. So in the world of building personal branding, don't try to model someone else. That's actually antithesis to branding. Because when mm. you try to model someone else, you end up attracting fans that might not actually like the real you. So the best example or analogy I can give you is like dating. You know, on first date, we all know how to behave, right? We all behave, we put our best foot forward, we dress well, we smell good. But maybe that's not you. So you might create a false impression of who you are and you attract the wrong girl to you. And then eventually when she finds out that that's not you, then you're going to break up. Or you're going to suffer trying to be that fake you that was on the first date. So the charisma bit is important. Understanding what makes you different. Understanding what makes you unique. When you have that self-awareness, it makes it a lot, e uh, a lot easier to stand out on social media. So mm. there are three parts already, right? Part one, awareness of your customer, who you want to mm. attract. Part two, platform. understanding the platform that you're on so that you can grow your followers. And part three, learning how to build trust through chatting, mm. content, and charisma. And then the last mm. part is what, Gabriel, you're good at doing, which is the offer. 
Because once these people already know you, like you, respect you, they're just waiting for the offer. Even if you don't offer, yeah. they'll come to you already, right? But yeah. if you give an offer, your closing ratio goes off the roof. Yeah. That's how everything fits in. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, um, um, it, it, it's kind of like a framework, right? That's yes, almost like a framework. A framework. Yeah, and, and it's true when, when you have the first three, uh, when you have the first three step right, okay, people will come and ask you, you know, what do you have to offer? I get that yes. all the time because I, I don't really sell a program. I run an agency. So like yep. selling a program is not my main thing. I, but I have been asked multiple times on Instagram, on Facebook, people messaging me, Gabriel, do you offer a course? I would buy and that's it. That's what you want. To, that, that's what everybody should create as an effect because when yeah. people come to you, you are in that position to influence. Mm. Right. And so, so if you have something to offer, that's great. If not, you can create an offer based on what people tell you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how you monetize your influence. And you know, Gabriel, that's just a tip of the iceberg, you know. So you see, a lot of people watching this, they'll say, I, I need a following now. I need a, a group of people, right, on a social media platform who know me, who like me, who respect me, so that when I run an ad or when I make an offer announcement, people will come. But do you mm. know that that's just one of the benefits of having a following? Mm. Just one. Okay. But the second thing is this when you have a following, it's social proof, it gives you status. And when, it gives you, when you have status, your words carry weight. Mm. Therefore, you become a force of good. You have so much more influence. Life becomes a lot more exciting. I, I mean, I see my life transforming. You know? I became a better person, I feel. Because mm. I realized that people are watching you. Every, every word oh, yeah. that you say, every, everything you do. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm still working yes. to, you know, to be a better version of myself. But I noticed that the Eric of 2020, it's a much better Eric of 2016. Because the minute you know people are following you and seeing you as a role model, they, be, they, they make you want to be a better person. And I think that's one of the fringe benefits of having a following. Mm. You have accountability and you have, you have this motivation to be a better version of yourself. And then everything scales because when you become a better version of yourself, then you're like a role model ma, and then you attract yeah. even more people to you. And yeah. you attract a lot of powerful people to you. And that's where collaboration comes in. Imagine mm. you have a following of 10,000 it means mm. that possibly you are attracting other influences, other personalities with the same following to work with you, to do things with you. So mm. uh, I, I saw that as uh, some of the fringe benefits. Mm. Nice one. Um, I, I just wanted to, uh, to touch on that, um, mm. to ask you a question, a follow-up question, because you mentioned uh, about how um, when you have a following, you, you, ha- you got to, in a way, there's, you got to take responsibility for how you behave yeah. and how you act, right? Yeah. But some people see this as, um, as another layer of stress that they do not want or, or the loss of their privacy. So mm. what would you say to people like that? Or people no, who then, have this then, kind of doubts then, and questions? They don't have a following. It's okay. Mm. okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no right, no wrong. It's mm. every, but, every, but you have to price for everything you, you, you want. Mm. So if you want a happy family, you, you want to have more time with your kids, you want to be a great father, you want to be there when they are growing up, then something's got a gift. You're probably not going to be, uh, you know, accelerating in your career because you're only one you, right? So I guess the most important thing is if you are to choose that path that you want to be a person of influence, then understand that that, that comes with a, a price tag. Mm. And the price tag is that your life is on display. <laughs> mm. and, the, and the price tag is that you need to be accountable. Um, that there are some of the price tag, but there are also good things that come out of it, right? Yeah. You get a lot of sales, unsolicited sales. You get a lot more respect. You get a lot more opportunities. Yeah. Really a lot yeah. more opportunities and you get a lot more fulfillment. Mm. 
Yeah, 100% agree. Um, you have a class, right? Uh, from time to time, mm -hmm. a, a webinar that talk about this. Correct. Right? Yep. Um, when is the next one or how do people get access to that? Uh, so maybe a little bit of context first. Sure. So a lot of people... At least if you guys are listening to this, you'll know like, okay, great. I, I know I need a following on social media. I need to amass a following of people who know me, like me, respect me, so that they would approach me to buy whatever I sell. Or when I run an ad or I create an offer, my closing will be very high. So we all know that already, right? Mm. Uh, so, but the thing is that many people do not know the steps on how do you build it. And there is actually a process everyone starts off as a skeptical stranger. Step number one is to get them to become a curious follower. So that's followers growth. And then step two is learning how to speed up trust building so that they become an active community member of yours. Mm. Right? And these are your hot leads. And then from there, learning how to communicate in a way that's compelling through copywriting, through storytelling, so that they jump onto your offer. So do you realize there's a step? So from skeptical stranger to curious follower to an active member to a raving fan. So I, I'm doing a webinar right now to actually walk people through how do you get them through the process on social media without running ads first so that the dots connect. Because you see, there's no point running a car with two big wheels. You might have a big following wheel. You might have a big, uh, big community. But if you can't monetize your community, it's only a two-wheel car, it, it will still not run. But once you get your numbers right, so the, the magic numbers is 100 followers, 20 community members, and 10 sales. Once you mm. get 100, 20, and 10 organically, now feel free to run ads because the mm. ads amplify everything that you just seen. So if you have 100 followers organically, 20 active members, and 10 sales, if now you run an ad, you can easily times 10. But the thing is that I don't encourage people at the beginning to run ads is because you don't even know who's your dream customer. You do not know what their challenges are. You do not know what kind of content resonates with them. So you're also experimenting, trying different things with your growing following to understand who are they and what they like. And then once you know that, then you become a lot more certain about what offer works for them. So therefore, I would say that mine, it's a pre-selling webinar. It's, it's a webinar that teaches you how to pre-sell to your customers so that later on when you sell them, they will buy. Okay. And that's what the webinar is about. And the webinar is free? It's free. And the reason okay. why it's free is because until you get there, if, if you don't even tell people this, there's no way they can monetize it. Yeah. There's no way they will appreciate building a following. So this, this webinar is to focus on teaching you guys how to find customers on social media while building your following. Yeah. So do you mind if I, I put in the link uh, for sure, people of course. to actually register for your webinar? Yes. So if you're watching this right now, uh, whatever, which platform you're watching this from, we'll put it in the description so that you can go and attend uh, Eric Feng's free webinar that will teach you the process. Okay. Um, I, I have, I have a second last question for you before, uh, before we end this. Okay. Um, so a lot of celebrities with big following, right? And uh, influence, they lose touch with the world, uh, you know, because sometimes they are too high up there, right? And then they kind of like lose touch with their fans and their following. Like what, what, keep, what keeps you grounded? How do you continue to stay relevant to your audience? Well, understand that everything you have is a privilege, not entitlement. And um, so, so there, there's always this story that I, I like a lot. It, it's a parable actually. It's an, and so, so it's from the Bible. So it's like an analogy, right? And it's about the five talent. So there was this story about this master that has three uh, workers under him. 
So with one worker, he gave the worker five talents, like five gold. And then the other uh, worker, he gave two talents. And then the last one, he gave one talent according to their abilities. And then many, many months later, he came back. The worker with five talents told the master, 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 I grew that five talents. Now I've created 10 talents. And then, you know, the master said, well done, you good and loyal servant, right? I'll give you now more talents. And then the two talent guy says, hey, you know what? You give me two talents and now I got four. And the master said the same thing, good and loyal servant. All right, now you got four, I'm going to give you more. And then the one talent guy says, master, I was so afraid of losing that one talent. So I buried that talent. Nah, I give you back that one talent. And the master was so upset. He said, I gave you one talent. You didn't grow it. At least invest it in the bank and we can make some interest out of it. But you just bury it. You know what? Give it to me. I'm going to give it to the guy that created 10 talents. And I tell you, that story was damn powerful for me because the takeaway is this. Whatever that you are given, if you use it, you honor it, more will be given to you. Mm-hmm. Whatever talent that you're given, you don't use it, you bury it, it will be mm-hmm. taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was a, a, a powerful, powerful takeaway. And you know what's the best part, Gabriel? The best part is when the master came to compliment the, the, the workers, right? He gave the same compliment to the five talent guy and the two talent guy. The master did not care that the overall number is 10 and 4. Mm-hmm. He don't care. The compliment is the same. Because yeah. all of us, have different sets of talents. We're not to compare with each other. Our job is to compare with ourselves. If you have Mm. two, can you grow it to four? You have four, can you grow it to eight? You're running your own race. Yes, you're running your own race. So so I knew very clearly that that I have a gift of the gap. I have a a certain relatability that allows me to connect with people and allows them to want to listen to me. And I want to honor that. I don't want to take advantage of that and go like, see, I'm so good. It's not not Mm. an ego trip, you know? Mm. It's a gift and it's a talent. And if I don't use it well, it's going to be taken away from me. Mm. That's how I look at yeah. it. So yeah, it's not uh, from you. It's given to you in the first place, right? Yeah. So if it's not even from you, it's given. Then why are you so proud of it, right? You should yeah. use it and, and enjoy the benefits of being able to be used <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a much bigger way. Like what's that happening is, for me right now. That is so, so amazing. I really love that. Really love that story and, and, and the analogy. Um, just one last question for you before we end this because uh, mm. we are coming towards uh, nearly the end. Um, so just an interesting question, nothing related about following, but because of this COVID-19 situation right now yeah. uh, and you are home uh, for, we've been home for like a month, right? <laughs> I, don't right. Remember, I don't even right. remember. I've not got out. Eh. I've not got out yeah. at all. Have you at least go out for a while? Yeah, yeah at least I go out for buy, to buy groceries. I, I have and stuff. not gone out at all. Literally, <laughs> at all? I have not gone out at all. Okay, the, the first week, the first week, yeah. don't say first week. First week, I went out because I, I was a bit ill, right? And I went to yeah. cut hair. So okay. the entire 30 days, I've only got out twice. One to get medicine, one to cut hair. And I've been staying home. <laughs> it's, wow. I'm kind of getting used to this life though. Yeah, I, I actually I'm loving it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I do miss some stuff. So my question will be, what is the thing that you miss most right now? And when you know the whole lockdown is over, when circuit breaker is over, what is the first thing that you will do? Oh my God, that's a difficult question. Okay, let me think. Wow, shocks. Top of your mind. Top of my mind. Well, I mean, if it's top of my mind, I've been on Tinder. <laughs> I've been spending more time, you know, because I'm single, right? So yeah, I guess the, the most important thing I'll do is go, go have appointments with all the Tinder dates. 
right? Because I really, <laughs> really kind of like, let, I really kind of built a relationship with them. No love respected already. Now I need, yeah. need to uh, monetize the influence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the most practical thing to do right now is to plan, schedule all the, all the, all the dates. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of any other answer. That would be I, the, the most practical thing to do. <laughs> I definitely did not expect that, but uh, I think what's what's amazing <laughs> okay. is that I think you can use the same same process, right? So same same step process same because step Tinder process. is just another platform, right? It, so it's a social media understanding platform that, too. That, yeah, yeah. It's just that I'm no longer selling a product; I'm selling myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my Tinder dates don't hear this. <laughs> Lo- love it, love it. Uh, thanks, Eric, for being on the show today. Uh, no, thanks I've for having been, me. I've gained a lot uh, of learning just from this uh, short sharing. Uh, I want to just ask you, you know, how can the audience find you on uh, your social media platform? Uh, mm. Where can they find you? Where can they learn more from you? Well, the best platform would be Instagram. Uh, mm. And it's Eric Goals Global. And what's also interesting is every Thursday, I have a show called Ask Eric Live. So essentially, all you need to do is just submit your questions, any question about sales, marketing, and branding. And then I'll invite you on a Zoom call like, what, what you, like, like this. And then I'll answer your question and I'll coach you live. So it's been really fun. And uh, you guys can join me it's Thursday, every Thursday, 8 p.m. Singapore time on my Facebook page. We'll leave the link uh, around the description so that okay, you guys cool. can Thanks, uh, can see it. Uh, and I just want to like highly encourage you guys to go and follow Eric. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, one of the things I learned from him, even on on Instagram and his social media platforms, is that he cares and he he replies every single every single one, right? Like all his commands, even his DMs, right? He told me that like he will actually schedule time to reply everyone, right? Yeah. So. Right, so I, mean, I, I mean, try, I try. It might yeah. take a while though. On these days, like, like it might be like five days lagging. But I really, I really yeah. believe it's so important. You know, you you just mentioned the word care, C A R E. I think that's the, yeah. the most important business strategy. Hmm. And plus, anyway, there's a practical reason too, because as you reply to their messages, you will talk to them and you will ask them, "Why do you follow me?" Now you get insights about how to attract more of your followers. I ask them, "What are some of the challenges that is that's causing you not to be able to fall asleep at night?" Now I know what kind of offer to create, what kind of content to create. This is also valuable for me. Yeah. Yeah. So and then this it. way you can, you, you can craft your offer better, right? Because you exactly. know what is the, what are the if, problem they are facing. If I can sum it up in, in a sentence, right? I would say that when it comes to branding yourself, because branding is all about getting people to know you, like you, and respect you. It all starts, the, the creation of your brand starts with self-awareness, knowing your strengths and your talents. But the communication of your brand it's all about empathy, knowing your customers so that you know how to communicate that brand, which mm. is why I do what I do. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for, for being on the show. Really love it. Uh, for, so please remember to follow, for the audience, please remember thank to follow you, Eric. Bro. All right. And uh, for those of you who are tuning in, thank you so much for watching the Story Impact Show uh, every Tuesday. Uh, please come on and uh, uh, listen to our next show. Uh, uh, we have more more exciting speakers for you guys soon, okay? So thank you so much, Eric. Bye for now. See you guys. Bye for now. Hey, this is Gabriel again. And really quickly, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Story Impact Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please do not forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes and your comments will help me in creating more killer content like this just for you. And if you want to stay up to date with all my content, upcoming podcasts, events, and much more, please jump onto my website at www.heygamerwong.com.